This is the Star Coach Show with Meg Rentschler, episode 353. Do you feel sometimes like you're swimming upstream against the current? My guess then that you're not in your genius zone. You're not in flow. So how do we identify our genius zone and then build our credibility, visibility, and marketability based on that genius zone and then be open to possibility? That's what we're going to focus in on today with Ruth Klein. So join us as we tap into our genius zone. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Hello and welcome to the show. It's fantastic to have you here. We've got a great show that is going to zero in on our genius work. It is when we tap into that genius work and whatever you do, whatever you feel like your purpose is here on the earth, tapping into that genius zone is what creates the flow for you. It's what creates your ability to offer your work unapologetically and confidently to whoever you're working with. And we're going to dive into that today with my guest, Ruth Klein. Now, Ruth is the CEO of Expert Celebrity Branding. She is a brand visibility strategist and a master book coach. She's the author of seven best-selling books, and works with high-achieving entrepreneurs, coaches, sales professionals, and company founders. She talks about the fact that she works with people to get towards bold goals. Her focus is to help her clients expand into bigger possibilities, higher income, and make a major impact far beyond their perceived goals and expectations. So Ruth has a successful career spanning over 30 years. She has helped her clients create a 360-degree brand and convert their expertise and contact into books, high-ticket client programs, hundreds of millions of dollars for founders. She basically creates bold results with her clients. So when we dove into this concept of expert genius zone, Ruth is going to bring example after example today and really help you think about how am I getting clear about what I want to offer and then getting it into the world. This is a high-powered interview with lots of energy, and I just invite you to zero in on what is it that Ruth is sharing and how can you maximize that for your work in the world. So with no further ado, let's go to my interview with Ruth Klein. Ruth Klein, welcome to the Star Coach Show. 
Thank you. I am excited to be here right now. <laughs> I am just so excited to have you here. We we connected as strangers, quickly became connected and friends and feeling a great energy between us. And as we were talking about the many different things that you do and the many different things that we could focus in on, we thought, you know, how often do people diminish their natural talents, their genius zone? And in diminishing that, actually get in the way of their own confidence or their own ability to bring their work forward. So we thought, let's help people identify what is their genius zone. That's something that you do with the work that you do. And then what the heck do we do with it once we figure it out? So that's what we're going to be diving into today. And when we think about genius zone, what are some of the key things that, you know, immediately bubble to the surface for you? Yeah, what immediately bubbles is someone will be working on something and they're in the zone. And whenever they work on this topic in particular, they're just, it's in the zone and it just comes easier for them. It might be something quite honestly, where they have something that they have done before and they really enjoyed it, but for whatever reason, they're not bringing it into the four because they don't think that it matches their their brand. I know that happened to me. Or something comes so easily to someone that they they as you use the word they diminish it. Oh, it's like oh, oh it's no big thing and someone saying everybody oh, could do that. Yeah. That, you know that, that was amazing. How did you do that? Oh, it's nothing. It's really nothing. You know, it reminds me of a client I had once and she did doodles, but beautiful little doodles and where you could color it in. And then she would tiny lettering, kindness, gratitude, loving. And she would write all these beautiful words around the frame of it. And I said, you've got to publish this. This is huge. This is before the adult coloring books came out for calm. And she used to doodle why to calm herself. That's what she did. She doodled. And so I said, you've got to do this. Just, oh, Ruthie, this, I'm just doodling. And then all of a sudden, I'm not telling you not even six months, the, the, all these uh, coloring books for adults came out with all these doodles. Right. Oh, it hurt me more than I think that it hurt her. And she still could have, she still could have done it because right. it was the beginning of the wave. But in her mind, it would, oh, Ruthie, I'm just doodling. And that's, that's what I'm saying. And, you know, she had had a tough time going from corporate into her own business. It's a different world. It's a different mindset. You don't get a check every two weeks. You don't get any check unless you make it happen. And this was a whole huge uphill understanding for her. And all the while, she had her what I call her genius zone right there that could have catapulted catapult her. Well, you mentioned that it happened for you that you diminished your genius work because you didn't feel like it fit with your brand. What's your story? Well, it's interesting. So I help entrepreneurs and high achievers reach their goals but they're bold goals. Unless you have bold goals, you don't want to work with me because I'm always going to be pushing you to bold, not 
working harder, not working longer. I don't believe in that. I believe weekends off, evenings off. I'm talking bold. And that that requires a different mindset. And that's what I do. And whether it's writing a book or giving a speech or putting programs together, whatever, whatever that might be. So for the longest time, I had a nonprofit organization called the Self-Esteem Council for 22 years, Meg, 22 years. Wow. And I had the same beautiful board of women, board members whom I love and cherish the same for 22 years. We went into the high schools and the counselors identified girls that we started with girls who could have gone anyway, great kids, but difficult home situations. And they could have gone in any direction. We went in, we made lunch for them. I am a big proponent of role modeling. We role model no matter who we are, where we are, when we are, you know, plastic forks. We're showing them what what could be, be. what could be bold. This Mm -hmm. was bold. This is what I'm talking about. And then we would decorate and we would take stuff from our house, you know, because we were all into holidays. And what, and I grew 33 rose trees and bushes and it lasted, this lasted for five months. We were with the girls less than 10 hours and went back to the roses. Uh, one time I went to the uh, dollar store and I bought a, a dollar vase and I put one beautiful tea rose in and we gave, cause we gave gifts to everyone. And we gave that as a gift one of the months and they, they carried it like this. Aww. You would have thought they had. They, you would have thought they had an ounce of gold that they were carrying. They were so proud. It was theirs. It was pretty. Someone paid attention. They saw, they felt heard. They felt seen. They felt supported and they felt important. And we did that for 22 years. And then we opened it up to young men as well. And I, you know, I'm really good with kids. Maybe it's because I have a high voice. Maybe it's because I'm a kid myself. But I knew, I knew, Meg, that I was supposed to work with children at some point. And I have three, knock on wood, delicious children and nine incredible grandchildren. I've been wanting to write a book about parenting. And I've been, you know, parents have been asking me to do that for decades. But I mm-hmm. thought it was the raw, it would interfere with, with, with what brand. you were trying to brand. Exactly. And here was this, what I'm going to call a genius zone. Because mm-hmm. stuff comes naturally to me. Right. And I mean, it's so. And people were clamoring for what you had, but you wanted to cover it up because it didn't meet your other genius zone or the, the brand that you were trying to put yeah. out regarding helping entrepreneurs. That's right. That's right. But the point is, when I, because I couldn't see it, I couldn't see it. And I didn't have a me. I didn't have a me to bring in the bold. And I'm pretty bold as it is, but you can't see, we all, no matter where we are, we all have blind spots. And this is a blind spot for me, Meg. And that's why, you know, years ago when I, I remember seeing the Olympics and I thought, and I'm a young person, I'm thinking, wow, these amazing people, the best of the best have coaches. How's that even possible? And then I realized everyone that wants to be great needs a coach. And had I had someone for that arena, because I kept it from my coaches, even I even kept it my coaches. That's how guarded it was. That's how dismissive it was in terms of what I was doing. But the last book I wrote, Generation Why Not, um, it talks about 
our intentions and our thoughts and our beliefs. And I thought, oh my goodness, there's my entrance. There's my entrance. And so this book is going to be about parenting. Um, and I'm going to also, the, the counter book is Generation Why Not. So you were able to see, uh, and you bring up such great points. First of all, sometimes we get so in the weeds of our own life that we can't see the connection, or we can't see how there can be two lanes of genius, or how those they can connect with one another, and they don't have to diminish one another. And yet it took you sort of being able to keep putting your greatness out there when suddenly, okay, now I can see how I can connect those. But often we need a partner in that to be able right. to, to help us make those connections. That's exactly right. And that's exactly right. And it's an interesting thing. It's really quite, I'm even intrigued by this because I could have written this book years ago and have helped so many, so many, particularly moms. You know, I would get my hair done or I would be with my girlfriends and they were having issues with their children. And I would share some things with them that I did. And they would come and they were profusely grateful that I shared little things that made a big difference. Uh, but I still couldn't see it. I still couldn't see it. And so, but you know, the, you know, the ironic thing, and this is just so typical, someone, my clients come to me, and I say that I, they, they share with me all their puzzle pieces, all their puzzle pieces. And I can see the beautiful puzzle picture. And I'm thinking of, I had a client that lived, lives in um, Canada, and she worked for what would be considered the government here. And she dismissed it. And I just happened to, I asked a lot of questions when we first worked together. And what she, a good coach does. Uh, that's right. And so she brought all that stuff out. I go, oh my God, we can use this. She goes, no, no, no. That was way back then. I want to work with female entrepreneurs with money. I go, are you kidding me? You helped women and children who couldn't afford yada, yada, yada. So we brought it into her book and into her business. It's just, you know, I wish I had had a me. That's all I can say. Right. I wish someone had asked me those questions because I've had great coaches, but they've stayed on one track. They didn't ask me the questions that needed to be asked. So let's talk about some of the, how do we identify our genius zone? You also noted that the genius zone is sometimes like our North Star. So what what are some ways that people can begin to identify what is my genius zone? Yeah. So first of all, they're questions. And, you know, you've got to ask the right questions and you'll get exactly the answers that you want. The first question is, what did you really enjoy doing when you were young? So Meg, what did you really enjoy doing when you were young? When I loved taking care of kids when I was young, I had, I'm like, second to the youngest of nine kids. So I had lots of nieces and nephews and I enjoyed taking care of babies. Taking care of babies. And why did you enjoy it so much? I think I just loved what each little being was bringing forward. And I think I also enjoyed being helpful to my brothers and sisters now that I think about it. So, and just being connected, being a part so of, yeah, being a part of family and being a part of being helpful to the family. Yeah. So th that's the word I was waiting for you to say, because what little I know about you, which I adore, it's connection. 
you're all about connection. You're, this whole podcast is about connecting and you, you make sure that your guests are going to connect with your audience. You, you're very connective to, to people that you interview. I feel very connected to you. I don't even know you that well. And it's like, okay, let's go have lunch together for the afternoon. And so connection is big in your world. So that stays in, okay. And then the other question I'd ask you, what did you love to do as a teen? As a teen, I loved to read. I loved to hang out with my friends. I worked a lot as a teenager. So I was always waitressing. But I loved even being really good at waitressing. I loved it making people happy by bringing them, you know, making a a meal for them that not that I was making the meal, but that to have their connection with friends or whatever to that next level by having great service. Yeah. So that tells me that you love information, knowledge, and you love to share that. You love to share your heart. Because you take the information, I'm going to say, and you intuitively put it into a very heart-centered space. Yeah. And that concept of serving just, I mean, I never considered a profession that wasn't a serving profession. Yeah. Yeah. And do you feel what you're doing now is serving? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And do you believe that it has to do with connection? Oh, 100%. And do you believe that it's heart-centered? 200%. Yeah. So you're in your genius zone. You are in your genius zone. And it feels great to be in your genius zone. Right. And see, that's the other thing. It feels fulfilling. It feels like you're really uh, productive. You're making a difference. You're making a difference. Now, there comes comes a, a little glitch there because we feel that it can't have that much value. We if it comes that place, easy. Yeah. We can't place a value on something that comes easily, that we enjoy, that's heart connected, that we just naturally love to do. And so we have to go find something where we can make a good living. And then there's such a disconnect because how are you living your passion and bringing what you can through your genius work, if you have to go do something else to make a living. That's well, that's the point. That's right. Beautiful. And so there is, there ends up being a gap between you and your profitability. And I'm talking profitability. I'm not talking income. I'm talking profitability. That which after the end of all the expenses and all the money you put back in the business or whatever you're going to do, you have money left over. And if that's and that money left over, because I'm always telling my clients, it's that money left over that helps you invest. Because at some point, you want to be able to spend, you still want to do your, your genius zone. I want to do what I do till my last breath. And I also want the freedom of time. And, you know, last year, I took a sabbatical for eight months to be with my youngest son and the family because they had uh they had that time they had five kids with one in the oven and they wow. were and they were only an hour and 45 minutes away they had moved down from north um northern california and it was like oh my gosh and so i was there making dinner playing with the kids who thought i was their auntie 
I had to remind them I was their momo. And so this, and this is what happens. This is what happens. That prop, you, the gap between you and your profitability. And so that, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother uh, part. Right, right. But, uh, but the point is, the point is that gap is your genius zone. That's where you, you know, I, I was talking, as I mentioned this morning, someone that I'm going to be ghostwriting their book. He wakes up, he's at, he's in his seventies, mid seventies. He wakes every up every morning and he, there's a scripture that he says. And then at the end of the day, it, that's his intention for the day. Then at the end of the day, he says, well, did you boom, boom and boom? And he did. And he goes to bed and he goes, I wake up looking forward to the day. Good for him. And he retired for one day. That's why we get along so well. He retired for one day and then he turned around and now he's doing something else. And so, but the point is that's your genius. So part of being able to identify our genius zone is what comes naturally, what is, what lights you up? Also, what, how can you help and ask from others? What did you enjoy as a child? What did you enjoy as a teenager? What, what are the themes that, that go in that? And, and what, how are they showing up in your life now? I yeah. know that sometimes, you know, coaches will say to me or other professionals will say to me, if it comes naturally or if it's something that I love and I'm passionate about, I feel guilty charging for that service. And what I say to them is, if you have to do something else nine to five, then you're not really being able to bring your work into the world. And that's not serving the world. Like if you, yeah. if you, so because it comes easily doesn't necessarily mean that it's not valuable. It's very, very valuable. Go ahead. What, what, I, what I say is if you, you know, if you continue, you know, once you identify and you know that something's, some, you know, if the profitability is not there, something is up. It could be a lot of different things, but this is where I start. You're not honoring the gifts that God gave you, period. We all have gifts and talents, and they are they are our birthright. And there's a reason we were given these. There is a reason. And that reason, in my opinion, is to make this a better world, is to make an impact, a big impact. And so we're not honoring. It's like someone hands you a I don't know, a diamond ring, whatever, or someone hands you up the puppy and you go, ew, ew, seriously, it's not honoring your birthright. Are you going to live? How do you live with that? Well, I would tell you not well, not happily. And so that's number one. Number two, one of the greatest, one of the greatest gifts you can give another person, in my opinion, is if you have a talent, whether it's coaching or finances or nurturing or connecting or whatever it is, or the gift of gab, and you don't you don't share that with someone, then then you are you're not honoring the other person. Mm. Because there are so many people out there, so many people out there, Meg, as you know, that so want what you have. And if you don't offer it, it's almost selfish. And it's kind of a weird way to sound. it sounds, but it's true. It's selfish. And so it's also about, it's also about valuing yourself. Nothing happens before you can value yourself. 
And so when I use the word bold, that's what I'm talking about. I do a lot of mindset work, a lot of mindset work, because right now, many of us, especially women, have been brainwashed along the way that, you know, it's changed a lot, but it still exists. It still exists. And we bought into whatever, whatever it is. And we've got to see not only with our eyes, but with our heart that we have so much more to give. And this goes for everyone on the planet. We have so much more to give. And it is your, it's your responsibility. I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say it's your responsibility to find out what that is. It's your responsibility to find out what your genius zone is, that impact that you can make in this world, because right now we are hurting. Have You have the answers to for so many people. And right now I have goosebumps. And I know that that is so true to be true. And that is why it's the North Star. That's why your genius zone, Meg, is your North Star. And I still have goosebumps. All right. So we know our genius zone. Let's say that we've zeroed into our genius genius zone. I'm speaking so well today. What do we do with it then? We want to be able to take that genius zone and create visibility, create credibility. How do you help people do that? Yeah. Okay. That's beautiful. So it's important that you show, I use the word showcase, that you showcase your genius zone. Go into a beautiful retail store or a car dealership. See how they showcase their merchandise? And you go, wow. But here's the deal. If it wasn't on the shelf or if it wasn't in the uh, room, you wouldn't even know it's there. You wouldn't even know it's there. And so how are you going to showcase your genius zone? Well, there are many ways. I'm going to share a few. Number one is to be able to give a powerful, heartfelt speech where your speech impacts the hearts, not the minds, the hearts of the people you talk to. And whether it's four people in that audience or 4,000 people in that audience, you're going to, you're going to change one soul. That's all you need to think about one soul. And chances are you will, you will make an impact on many more, but if you're not out there, If you're not out virtually giving summits or speaking on platforms or stages, we say stages, but it doesn't have to be these big stages. You can do Facebook Live. Those are at the stage. You can do LinkedIn Live. That's a stage. You can do Instagram Live. That's a stage. You can belong to an organization. And, you know, I do a lot of messaging and, but the message has to be clean and clear. You can literally, you can literally give a speech, Meg, in two mm-hmm. minutes. I did it last Thursday. You can give a speech in two minutes, but it's got to be to the heart, not to the mind. Okay. Because all of a sudden it's like, oh, that's what you do. Oh, I didn't know someone could do that. That's visibility. Credibility. One of the best ways to show visibility and credibility, because they have to have all three. I go for all three. And that so all three visibility, credibility, and marketability, marketability. We hadn't said that one yet. So I didn't want people going, what do you mean three? It's it's all. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So we've got to include all those. So the second one is credibility. One of the best ways to uh, showcase your credibility is through a book. Now, 
I don't work with fiction writers because I don't understand fiction, but it's think about all the fiction books that you read and you makes you happy or you read it before you go to bed or it just gives you an escape, whatever, whatever. Okay. I do nonfiction and it's one of the best ways to showcase your visibility is a nonfiction book. Now, you know, the gal is telling you about in Canada. She had worked with a book coach. She had her book published. She had spent a lot of money, but nothing was happening with the book. So that tells me there's no visibility happening. You see, it's right. And when I read the book, there was no credibility. It wasn't about her. It wasn't uh, not about her. It it didn't reflect her credibility. She had interviewed all these people. What about her? Right. And anyway, I basically said, you could keep the cover, but you have to redo the book. She goes, no, 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 Ruth, you don't understand. I just wrote a book. I had a book. I am so sorry. Anyway, she rewrote the book. She had her first $10,000 weekend. Why? Because she had visibility and credibility. Okay. Another great way to do visibility is to blog, is to consistently blog. Now you can, you know, I'm into, I'm into the mindset that everything we do also has value. Mm-hmm. So that in that phrase with blogging, you can become, for example, an Amazon affiliate and you can put products uh, or services from other people. You can get sponsorships and you providing you like the product, you right. know, I, you I'm don't, kind of, yeah, I'm a purist. So, but you don't have to, but that's, you know, me. And so you can start getting some passive income happening with blogging. And that's another way to get visibility, right? Then there's write white papers. You can write a white paper, which is more like an academic paper, giving some statistics of your, of your arena, of your lane, of -hmm. your topic. You can write articles and get them into magazines. Yes. Magazines are looking for people just like you to write articles because, oh my God, they need material. They need material. You Mm -hmm. can go on television. You can go on radio. If you know the right messaging, which is called a hook, you can, no matter, you've never done it before, you can get on. The only thing that would be stopping you is this. Is your own mindset. Mm -hmm. That's That's exactly right. So you can see there's the bold piece again. Right. And it runs through everything. And the third thing is marketability. Are you working with your ideal audience? You know, 80%, 80% of entrepreneurs do not truly know their ideal clients. Wow. That is not cool because that means we're spending a lot of money and a lot of frustration and a lot of time and a lot of mind share trying to use the language and talking to people that cannot hear us and don't want what we have. And this is why so many businesses fail within the first three to five years of business, because they're not talking to their ideal client. When I talk to my ideal client, they get it. They Mm -hmm. get it. Do you have a few tips on on how to get clear about your ideal client? You know, when I give a speech, I'm used to people coming up to me and wanting to work with me in some fashion. When I give a speech and that doesn't happen, I don't get upset anymore. That's just feedback. And it tells me this is not my audience. Now, 
let me, I'm a big analyzer. Let me look at this audience. What's the main avatar of this audience? Because that avatar is not my ideal client. So you can learn both ways. You can learn if you've given that speech and it's not your ideal client. Well, you still, you went, hopefully you gave value, but you can take that data and say, what do I need to do differently in the audience that I serve the next time? That's exactly right. And so I gave value. I gave a lot of value but they didn't hear it. Right. They it wasn't the same language that they speak. Now, I could have done I could have not hit the mark on the speech. That's possible too. That's possible too. I'm talking about a topic and someone kind of glazes over and I'm thinking, "Okay, either I'm talking too much or I'm not listening enough or they're not hearing what I'm saying. They're not my people." In terms of I might love them as people. They might be my best right, friends. Right, right. But they're not my audience. Yeah. And we have to be honest with ourselves and we have to reflect. You know, every month, every month in an ideal world, you would go through all the emails you sent out. Who opened it? Who didn't open it? Mm-hmm. Who's your engaged people? Who are your unengaged? What's the avatar? or avatars there to try and do the best you can. Where did you meet these people? Because hopefully you have some of them tagged. So as they go into the database, so this you need all this information. Now, since the pandemic, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. My ideal client in 2019 is very different than my ideal client today. So the world changed and you had the to change world, to go along with the it. The world changed and that's just it. That is why you've got to be, you've got to reflect on what you're doing. We as entrepreneurs are always looking out there for the answer out there and, you know, get someone who, who you can relate to, but you've also, and, and can lead you, who can lead you, who can coach you to look at this stuff. Because otherwise, we're just spinning and spinning and spinning and spinning. And at some point, it's like, I'm so not the answers are there. We just sometimes can't even see them for the forest, for the trees, for ourselves. Because nobody has led you there. Nobody has asked the questions. Nobody, you know, whatever that is. And the third, the third way to showcase your genius zone, Meg, is through, mar- well, that's marketability, is knowing your target market. So it's visibility. You've got to be seen if people don't know who you are, right? You know, I started on TikTok and I love TikTok, love TikTok. I love being on TikTok and because it's fun and it's relevant. I don't have a huge following. What does that tell me? It's not my, it's not my ideal platform. You see, I have people that connect with me on LinkedIn. I have people that connect with me some on Instagram. And Facebook, they know me, um, but there's not really that, you know, call Ruth. So now I know my two best platforms, LinkedIn and Instagram. So where am I going to spend most of my focus in follow-up? Hopefully on LinkedIn and Instagram. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Do you see what that's Mm -hmm. the marketability piece? They see me. Right. They see me credible. Right. They're my audience. Okay. So then that leads to our, because unfortunately our, our time is running short, but I love, you also wanted to, once we identify our genius zone, and then we take that genius zone to build our credibility, our visibility, our marketability, 
You also want us to, the third thing is to stay open to possibility. What does that look like? Yeah. So we have a tendency to see the world like this with blinders. With blinders. And those blinders, those blinders um, limit us far more than we realize. We don't think so, but they do. And these blinders have to do with our thoughts and our beliefs Mm -hmm. and our decisions. And if those three things have blinders, your actions will, will be limited. Life will be limited. Your business will be limited. So I always ask my clients to be, be these words, put them everywhere. Be open to possibility. Be open to be open to the miracle. Oh, Ruth, there aren't miracles. Oh, no, no, no. You woke up this morning. That is a miracle. Many, many people did not. Be open to the miracles. Be open to the possibility. Can I share what I shared with you earlier, Meg, about Certainly. off the charts? So this weekend, three days ago, I, I, I get a call. I'm going to back up. Okay. I get a call from someone and he calls this weekend and we're just playing telephone tag. And then he calls early this morning. And it's like, okay, he really wants to talk to me. And he had met someone three days earlier during a uh, layover in an airport. He'd been looking for someone to ghostwrite his book. He happened to talk to this gal who happened to know me and suggested that he contact me. And he did. He's a, he's a, He's a, you know, no time to waste type of guy. Right. And he must call me three, four times this weekend. That's what I'm talking about. Who would have thought? Right. Who and, thought? and be open to that possibility. He was open to the possibility. Yeah. And then you connected this morning and it was, it was. I'm gonna, and I have to give you one more. I have to give you uh-huh. one more. Okay. I know we're running out of time, but this is so good. Okay. So when I started working with this gal who is a singer, she's beautiful and an entertainer. And she had never made more than $40,000 in a year, which was a lot. And so she started working with me. And I said, how much? I always ask, how much do you want to make? And she said, 60000 I said, nope. If you're going to work with me, you have to you have to put your sights to at least 100000 She goes, yeah. So, um, and I, then I, I wrote $100,000, you know, and then I, I followed up with summary $100,000. And um, there's the bold again. Out of the, within a week, she gets a call, random call. I don't think so. Random call. And someone says she had a piece of property and someone says, how much is your property? Now she'd had this property for decades, tried to sell it for $40,000, never sold. Um, and she was going to say $40,000. Why? Because of the blinders. Right. And then all of a sudden she said, she thought, oh, Ruthie said a hundred thousand. She just threw it out a hundred thousand dollars. And the gal on the other side said, well, that seems reasonable. And she sold it for a hundred thousand dollars. That's being open to possibility. Had she kept her blinders on and had she not had someone put in her mind right. even a few days ago, that mm-hmm. 100,000 is possible for her never would have happened i don't think That's so it's just and it and sometimes and this is interesting cuz i'll say to the people in the membership community you know when the part of being a 
part of the value of being a part of a, a membership is that other people can see possibility that you can't. That, you know, when we're so caught up in our own stuff and swirling around, it let's open up the possibility, open up the people that you're inviting into your life. And I'm going to add one more thing. As you open up the blinders to your thoughts, beliefs, and decisions, you're going to end up opening your heart. And that's where the real magic lies. Oh, love that. So Ruth, thank you so much for joining us to think about what is our genius work? Are we diminishing it? How do we actually step into it and then step into it boldly? Uh, Is there anything as we're wrapping up that you want to be sure that we, you know, kind of make sure that we've mentioned anything that we've left out that we want to be sure? That is a dangerous question. I know. Think think narrowly, Ruth. Think narrowly. (laughs) I think what I'd want to say, I think I'd want to say, I think think we covered it, you know, uh, gave some examples for people to understand. And I think the first step, the real first step is journaling. Um, I have my clients and I do this. I've done this for years. Every morning I journal. And I, you know, I always say, get it up and out, get it up and out. And so if, you know, it's a day that it's just, you know, for whatever reason, I am not as positive as I'd like to be. I, it just comes up and out and that's it. That no more. And then what happens is I continue to write. All of a sudden I start organizing my day. I start coming up with these great ideas because I'm not under the gun. I'm not looking at the time. It's not loud. It's, you know, even when my children were at home um, and once they woke up in the morning, you know, I would make breakfast and that was it. That was it. And I'd wake up a little bit earlier. I'd go into one of the rooms that had open windows and I could see nature, you know, big trees. And I would sit there And I would be in such gratitude for the few moments I had. And then I would start journaling. And I'm telling you, I believe it helped me get to where I am today. Love that. We're going to have links on how to connect with you. I know that you've got a workshop coming up. You've got a masterclass coming up. So uh, we're going to have links for all of those. And Ruth, thank you so much for bringing your expertise forward. This was so fun. Thank you, Meg. You know, I love this. This is my genius zone. I could chat with you all day on this, all day. Oh, and I would love it. About that. Yeah, that's right. Something like that. In person, in person. In person, that's right. We're both connectors. We're both big connectors. That's right. And we all appreciate you connecting us with your genius work today. Thank you. This was fun. Really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Ruth as much as I enjoyed doing it. And I invite you to starcoachshow.com slash 353 starcoachshow.com slash 353 to get a number of links to connect with Ruth. Also, we talked about 
being connected with community and really bringing out your best when you're in a community of like-minded individuals. So with that, I invite you to explore our Star Coach community. And you can grab links for that in the show notes also at starcoachshow.com slash 353. I am excited to welcome you back next week when I am going to be visiting with Chantal Cornelius about how to market using emotion. It's another fabulous interview. I'm excited to invite you back to that. And my conversation with Ruth continues in the Star Coach community. So until next week, this is Meg Rentschler wishing you the very best for your coaching success. Have a fantastic week.